Many professionals are looking at their careers and reevaluating what is important to them, asking if they're in the right field or if they want to start something new. Today, we ask each other the question, what would you do if you didn't do this? The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. Before we dive into this juicy topic, I want to talk about America's Cup cocktail. This thing has gin and bourbon in it. And I think it's maybe the drink that makes you feel like you could do anything. <laughs> that is true. It's got a little sweet vermouth as well and orange bitters and ginger beer, lemon, orange, lime. It's got all the things. It does have all the things and it's got a sweet cherry and a mint sprig on top as well. So check it out for sure. It's delicious. So this is kind of a really random topic, right? But I think, you know, it's worth having a conversation because there's a lot of people changing careers or just reevaluating what's next. Um, so why are we even asking? <laughs> I guess. Well, if I remember correctly, you and I had a very random conversation that ended in talking about homesteading and snow cones. I think you had a snow cone extravaganza in your backyard, and I was imagining what it would look like if I just went off the grid entirely. Is that how we got to this topic? I think so. And I think we agreed that if we needed to homestead and we needed to have communal living, that I would take care of the goats and chickens. I think yes. was, that was the conversation. Yep. I'm all for it. Well, I'm also looking for a proper beekeeper. Would you be interested in the bees? Not even a little bit. Okay. I'm going to make the soap. Okay, good. And the jam and the pickles. And the jam. Yes. Um, who who can make the bread? Um, everyone who stayed home in March for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> everyone learned sourdough. My, I didn't. I, mine was pasta. Same thing though. Same stuff. Same healthy, healthy wheat product for you. I feel like during um, stay-at-home order, we were all feeling pretty untethered. And uh, and it was certainly a, an uncomfortable feeling at first. Yeah. And you, we went through so many different stages of novelty and fear. And <laughs> am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Don't you feel like there was there were just so many things to process. Yeah, absolutely. And there were, and speaking of novelty, like we already said, you know, whether you were baking sourdough or whether you were making pasta or um, making it up as you went along, <laughs> whatever you were making, you still had to figure it out on your own, which I think is scary on one hand. But I think for creatives like you and I and people who kind of like a DIY project, um, it, I settled into it. I actually started to kind of enjoy it, even though it was still a scary and very serious situation. Um, but yeah, I, I quite liked being at home. Yeah. And you've gotten back to the office because you're back to filming. So um, your life looks more like it did before. I'm, I tried to open my office and then decided that we should not be open so I, we could break a couple of chains. So we're, I'm back at the house. Um, and it's funny because when you are not in the infrastructure that's been built up for your day to day, you ask, well, why do I need the infrastructure? And why is that this necessary and why is that necessary? And which leads you asking questions like, well, why is any of it necessary and what would I do? And mm -hmm. I think that that's, I bet we're not the only people who went through this process in our brains. Oh, or continue to go through this process in our brains. I think that, um, you know, if you weren't tethered to the building that your office is in, or if you weren't tethered to the things that you're tethered to, what would you do? Yeah. And when, and part of that tethering is schedule, right? Um, the ritual of your day. And I think a lot of people struggled with the um, 
lack of ritual, being able to get out of bed and roll over to your computer in the next room and not have to change out of your pajamas seems very novel. But the process of the change, I think we've talked about this a little, a little bit before, um, helps you mentally prepare. So I, in some ways, this was interesting because it gave us the opportunity to mentally think of what if and, you know, what else and what else would you choose? Yeah, I, th- I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, the The schedule piece of it, I think, became... Um, it was both stressful and freeing for me because, I mean, as entrepreneurs, we, you know, it's not rare for us to get up earlier to burn the midnight oil to, you know, meet deadlines or to jam it in um, around our family schedule. But I kind of enjoyed being able to give myself a break in the middle of the day if I needed to, or if the, you know, obviously we've talked a bit about homeschooling and things like that, but I, I quite like being tethered to a schedule. <laughs> But for the temporary bit, it was kind of nice to be able to not feel guilty about a break. Yeah, that's true. And I don't, I I never have had that kind of experiment in my entire life. So for me, that was really novel. And, but it's funny because um, that all coincided with everyone having a big fear about their careers and their jobs because everything ground to a halt, which leads you to think, I might not have income or I might not have an income stream or I might not have a client stream, which leads you to asking questions about your career. What if this never comes back? What would I do? So I think we started there with, um, gosh, if this wasn't my career, what would I do? And and I think that, that that question was born out of a little bit of the fear that everyone felt with the changes and a little bit of the exploration that we all got with the changes. Mm-hmm. So what would you do? Nothing. I'd be a bum. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I have always said I would go into psychology. If I had it to do over again, I think I would go straight for a psychology degree. I find that very interesting. How about you? You know, I think I would, um, if I needed to choose something practical, I would, um, I would probably write for a living, even though I do a quite a bit of that already. Um, but I would write for a living, probably um, not own a company, but just, but consult you know, not own a company with employees, but consult. Um, but in my eighth semester of college, um, I had an elective kind of left over. And so I took forestry. And in my eighth semester of college, I had this panic, like I chose the wrong career and that I needed to become a, ra- a forest ranger. Um, so maybe that. That's really funny. I didn't know that. And in, I'd say, my fifth semester, I took a forestry class which changed the type of content I wanted to write about in journalism school. I had no idea you did forestry. That's funny. And I loved that class. Love I loved that. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, but the, um, the, maybe that's why we like to hang out in the forest together and we both like nature. I learned a ton from that class. I did um, too. <laughs> the thing is, though, I think we talked about it. You said you wouldn't mind having a boss and working for somebody else if you had it to do over again. Is that true? Um, like, I mean, not today, not in this realm where we are in the world right now, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I would never do that again. It'd have to be the right thing. Right. See, my first instinct is to say, no, I think I would be a terrible employee and I don't know if I'm too set in the habit of getting my own way, being the boss. Not that that's how being the boss is, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But really, yeah, when you think about in an entirely different universe where you took an entirely different path, I might have a different opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, think about being able to walk away at night and really walk away. Right. I mean, maybe we're not just genetically wired that way, regardless of who we're working with or for. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's a really interesting exercise to think about what would you do if you didn't do what you do? And there's, you know, there's that track that we talked through. And then there's the other cool track that we kind of talked around is if all constraints and cultural tethers were removed, what would you do? And this gets to the weird homesteading and snow cone conversation, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because at first our conversation started off with the type of other job we would get, but what if you didn't need a job or what if you didn't need to be tied to your child's school because school is virtual? Then what? I was very captivated in high school by um, Walden and um, by Thoreau. And And it's funny that I'm rereading it right now um, that he was completely isolated, which is certainly a feeling that we've all had in the last um, several months. But at, at the time when I read it, I found it so comforting, just the idea of being able to just be um, and not have the constraints or tethers that life that we buy into for our lives. So I don't know. I think homesteading would be pretty amazing. Um, you know, living in an RV going across the country sounds quite glamorous to me at some point, but like, what about you? It's funny because yes, the, the cross country thing, I, I follow quite a few people on Instagram who are like, they live in vans and travel the country and it's the coolest thing. And then I have a client, uh, an old client, a friend who gave up their um, space on land and they live in their sailboat and she figured out a way to do her job while sailing in the Atlantic Ocean, which is pretty neat. So for me, I think if I could do anything and I had no constraints and I didn't have to figure out how to take the dog with me or something, I would like to get my bicycle and find a way to bicycle through every state in the country and just keep on going like Forrest Gump. I love that. Why do you think, I mean, because obviously, I mean, we are we are pretty different people, although we have a lot of very common intersections and in kind of who we are. But um, why do you think we both have this desire? And this isn't a new desire just because of COVID. But like, why do you think we have this desire to to be free? <laughs> <laughs> Let me go. Um, I mean, I have I have the the superficial opinion and then the deep, scary opinion that I'd probably know the answer to if I did study psychology. And the superficial opinion is adventure looks fantastic, right? Spur of the moment and being able to innovate and decide what to do today and not having any place to be just looks really glamorous and fun and freeing. Mm -hmm. But then when you ask that question as to why does it look that way is when, when I think it gets complicated. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, the fact that both you and I have that idea to get in an RV or get on a bike and cross the country might point to feeling very tied down. <laughs> a lot of constraints in our lives. How do you, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think, but but then you get, take that back a layer, right? So, I mean, you and I have a lot of constraints. We have, we have jobs, we have spouses, we have children who are enrolled in school. Our businesses have brick and mortar. So, you know, there's there's things <laughs> we have dogs, and uh, so then it becomes, you know, why why does that confinement define 
the choices that we're making. You know, we just talked about being at home and, and exploring new things, yet I'm back at my office and I'm done exploring. Well, yeah, it's it's quite I don't have time. Because you don't have time. And it's it's complicated, but all of the things that you mentioned, all of the things that we have, you know, you've got the home and the kids and the dog and the lawn and the beautiful view or the business. That's all the American dream, right? That's what everybody was looking for, that little piece of piece of land that is their own. And once you have a piece of land, you settle in and you're you build roots and you become established. And I just wonder if we have tied ourselves down with so many expectations about the things and the infrastructure we need to live our lives that maybe when you and I are feeling like we would like to be infrastructure free, that could be a reaction. Yeah. So, you know, how do you strike the balance? How do you strike the balance between that, that desire, that wanderlust that we have and being able to incorporate that? Like, does that then impact your goals? Does it impact like your vision of yourself for retirement or how quickly maybe you want to retire? Well, I'm never retiring. I'm going to be 90 and throwing opinions at my staff and driving them crazy. That's my goal. <laughs> You've shared that with me several times and I think that's amazing. I, I would retire in 10 years if I could. Oh, see, I want to be a really old lady with like the dark rouge lipstick that like seeps into the wrinkles. <laughs> and if I make it to being old enough, like really old enough, I'm going to take up smoking on one of those little sticks that you use, you know, <laughs> and be very dramatic <laughs> and probably have big curlered hair. I just find that to be an, a fantastic way to grow old. It's a, it's a vision. <laughs> it's a vision. It would require no masks because lipstick and masks do not match at all. <laughs> no. Right. I don't even remember your questions. I just got really excited about being an old lady with a bright red lipstick. Like if, you know, if you're, if the values that we're talking about in terms of what we would do if we didn't do this, like, so if we don't do it now because of con constraints, you know, does that then impact your vision of yourself for the future or some sort of goals? It maybe does. I think a little bit of it is generational. I think we are maybe the last generation that feels constrained by those elements. I think the millennial and Gen Z generation are much more flexible and much more um, acclimated to doing their thinking and their moving and their productivity, no matter what their location or surroundings. Mm -hmm. And I just say that watching my, my Gen Z kids grow up. Yeah. And so it, it might be that it might be that now we have a taste of what it's like to have to be flexible and not be tied to and tethered to our nine to five environments. And what does that look like? Mm -hmm. So it gives us the ability to imagine what if. Once your brain can imagine a scenario, you can start to live with it and get comfortable with it. So it might be that we're just opening up our imagination. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the first thing about taking care of goats, but I'm all about learning. Yeah. And you're a smart girl. You could learn it fast. Yeah. Especially with Google. Figure that out. <laughs> yeah. We'd have to have Wi-Fi on the, on the, in the compound. Yeah. Yeah. The homestead or the um, traveling bike or RV has to have a really good internet connection so that you can Google all the things you need, like how to take care of your goat or how to change your tire when it blows out. And all you have is some MacGyver materials. Yeah. Harder to achieve on a bike, I'm thinking. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who could say? You know, I think that I think the thing about this topic that I find so interesting is um, all the questions about why are we thinking this way? Is it this time where we've been home instead of at the office, so we're exploring what that looks like? Is it our generation? Is it our age? Because we've we've checked off a lot of the boxes in the manual of things you're supposed to want as an adult. So when all those boxes are checked, what do you do next? Um, so so I, th- I think that's cool to think about the why. But then I, it makes you think about what the why not, what holds you back. <laughs> oh, man. Well, fear. Fear. Scare. Yeah, because yeah, you could fail real quick at that stuff. Oh, yeah. Or you could not like it or you could get bored. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people who depend on you. Yeah. I mean, that's for that's real talk right there. You could take your kids in the RV. They could homeschool in the back of the RV. I know. See, that's the thing. That's the thing is that there are families that do that. I know. There's a whole documentary and, and, and television series about families who do that. Yeah. The catch, though, you know, the thing for me, part of the what holds you back is deep down, I, I kind of like the life I've built, right? I have learned while trying to educate our children at home that I'm not a good teacher. Um, not that I'm a bad teacher. I'm just not trained in it, and it's not my passion. And it really highlights for me how much I appreciate people who are great at it and how much I need them to do what they're great at so that I can do what I'm great at. So the idea of getting away from all of your infrastructure and your tethers seems really neat until you realize maybe I'm not great at educating a young child or maybe turns out the goats are kind of annoying and I don't want to tend them every day. Right. They eat my clothes. You know, I have a friend from high school who's a professional photographer um, for a pretty prominent international brand and... um So he has to, speaking of homesteading, he has to spend a lot of time on farms because it's a food brand. And he lives part of the year in New Zealand with his wife and son. And he lives part of the year in the United States. And his son is homeschooled. His son is about the same age as my son. And it just kind of seems like a perfect life. And they wander New Zealand and they learn as they go. And um, he actually met his wife on a cross-country bicycle trip. <laughs> so, of course he did. <laughs> you know, he, it's like it's like this ideal, like I hold his life up as like, I love having a window into his life through his Instagram feed. But, you know, I mean, we all know what they say about Instagram feeds, right? So we see that we see the highlight reel. Um, because even as well as I know you and we've known each other for quite some time, your life looks fantastic, you know, from afar as well, right? So he he probably is saying the same thing about you and your kids and the networks and the communities you've been able to build. Uh, yeah, I mean, the grass is kind of always greener, right? That's true. There's there's no there's no life that's completely uncomplicated. No, I think that that is that is accurate. Um, I will say, I think what I've taken out of this conversation is it's a really good exercise to think of what. What would I do if I didn't do this? What would make me happy? What would I want to change? And I think looking through that exercise helps you maybe figure out how to enhance what you do have and enhance where you are right now in a way that feels productive and filled with growth. So I think that that might be our job. I love this. I could talk about this all day. Yeah. How about we do it at a goat farm? <laughs> 
I love that. And maybe also with an America's Cup in our hand. It's a very good drink. It's a fantastic drink. If you can't decide between gin or bourbon, you can have them both. Yeah. (laughs) And should I have citrus or ginger beer? All of those. Yes. All of the things. And some bitters, too, while you're at it. Just put it all in there. Yep. It's so good. Thanks for sharing a drink with us. Talk to you next time. The pandemic has swept through our lives and has almost universally changed everything. And while we'll be living among COVID for the foreseeable future, we've already started sorting through the rubble to evaluate what's happened, how we've coped, and how we'll move on. So like any major life event, we learn lessons along the way. So that's what we're talking about next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.